Okay, so Fire and Ice podcast. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship. Uh, and I'm going to just dive into it. The under underrepresentation of Black businesses does not come from a lack of will or talent. Gallup um, sociologists develop an assessment, Builder Profile 10, to measure their enduring characteristics that predict success as an entrepreneur, including appetite for risk, creativity, and determination. There are no statistical significant differences in performance on the Builder Profile 10 between non-Latino or Hispanic whites and Latino or Hispanic and Black people. According to Gallup analysis, rather, the underrepresentation of Black businesses encapsulates a merit of structural barriers underscoring America's tumultuous history with structural racism. Yes, today we will um, discuss entrepreneurship entrepreneurship as it relates to the Black community. In order to do that, um, Fire and Ice will discuss the inception of entrepreneurship. What does it mean to be an entrepreneur and how it has um, transferred throughout the world and, and who were some of the first people to have this exchange of entrepreneurship. Um, it is a type of person, it's a type of community, and now it's a type of industry that kind of sets up uh, the people who have and have not. And it also um, cross legacies, timelines, continents, and a global market of goods and services. Within that entrepreneurship, we understand that these are jobs in the community. We understand that it's an exchange of services and goods, and it could very well start it with one person building a multi-billion industry over time, or it can be a collective effort of entrepreneurship that provide jobs to millions over global perspectives. Now, most of the jobs are the little small businesses are the ones who are responsible for hiring people. And when I say small companies, I mean people that have 999 um, employees or less is considered a small business. And that's what the economy is mostly made up of. However, what starts to look a little grim for the Black people in America and perhaps even global is when we look at who these small businesses on most basis hire, and they usually hire people who look like them. And so needless to say that the Black industry of entrepreneurship has not grown to the capacity that when you walk into a door, into a business, into their environment, and you sit down for an interview, usually if you are the Black 
um, person who's seeking that job, you will be interviewing with predominantly the white power structure. And they have a history of not necessarily hiring black people that impacts our economy. Matter of fact, when we look at the side of entrepreneurship based on Brookings and the Harlem America, which is two agencies that are well known for doing research for black entrepreneurship and the corrected version of 14.2% uh, black people in America, we only count for 2.2% for black jobs in entrepreneurship. So needless to say, when you sit down for an interview, you are most likely, highly likely will be faced with people with white skin, whether they're just a typical white person or a typical white person with an ethnic background, they will most likely be white people. And that has not fared well for black people because we continue to lead in unemployment, um, underskilled, and we're actually locked out of many industries, some that we haven't even heard of. So when we think about, do we need entrepreneurship? Do we need the growth of entrepreneurship in our community so that we will have a better opportunity of being employed? Yes, we do. Um, we have been stagnant in our growth in entrepreneurship for at, at least um, 50 years. We have not really had true success in that field to the point, as I quoted earlier, the um, population of black Americans is 14.2%. And with that number, we only account for 2.2% of entrepreneurship. That's minuscule growth. And no matter how many agencies develop saying, hey, we're going to help black businesses, we're going to um, uh, people get into entrepreneurship, and we still are stagnant in that 2.2%, that growth, that we are stagnant, and, and we hear every day of small business opening uh, but it's not enough to propel us into independence and being able to hire our own people that makes this economy um, that makes this economy move even faster and more productive. So over the next uh, two months, January and February of 2023, we're going to have a series of entre entrepreneurship information. We, we're gonna talk about how we can move that number, how we can increase that percentage. And collectively, where are we? Um, where are these businesses that people celebrate and, and talk about we're in the entrepreneurship spectrum? And when I talk about spectrum, a, a startup business or a, a predominantly average business been around for a while, 
and businesses that have been around for maybe um, 50 years, uh, 100 years that connects intergenerational wealth. And, and, and do we have businesses comparable that has have the longevity that um, many Black uh, generations have been able to earn a living with and, and where are they and are they still black or have they transcended into um, other dominant races that have erased our name or our association to those original inception of the business. And we're also going to talk about, you know, some of our people that have built businesses, um, the first millionaire, you know, um, CJ Walker. We're gonna talk about what happened to that business and where is it and how many of us got into that business because those are proven trades, those are proven elements and no one um, use more beauty products, especially hair and skin than the average black woman. So how have those businesses been flourishing for us who put our stamp on the original CJ Walker that made her the first um, millionaire in America? And we're gonna talk about different um, types of, of agencies that's supposed to be out in the community that, that somehow supposed to be helping us uh, to develop uh, uh, entrepreneurship um, businesses so we can hire more Black people and train more Black people because a lot of training comes from entrepreneurship. A lot of prosperity comes from entrepreneurship and find out how we can share in that space and bring some parity because if we have parity, 14.2% of us have um, either entrepreneurship enough that we can hire more black people, then we could really um, impact the economy. Um, there is a lot of money being left on the table. There's a lot of opportunities. Uh, there is a lot of, um, the economy can do much better, generate more money in the GOP if there were more uh, consensus and really establishing black businesses and putting more people to work in the black community training, technical assistance, things that actually work and have something tangible to show for it. Right now, it's a lot of speculation. It's a lot, oh, um, Black people are, are growing leaps and bounds, but there's no real evidence to that. And from these two research that these, these research agencies, they would agree that we are stagnant, that we have not come from 2.2% in over 20 years. So when we talk about black business growth and black women growth and black men um, growth, I don't think we're being um, fair to ourselves because we're, kind of um, sticking to the same uh, narrative that other people want us to say that we're doing quite well. We, we are having minuscule success, and in some cases, we're not having any success. And we're going to talk about those things, and we're going to try to offer some solution as to what we can do about it, how, how, we, how we break that, that, that um, stigma or that, or that stagnant state. Um, we know, we understand um, 
that a lot of the structural systems in place has uh, have done a lot to our growth. And we also know that because of the violence, it has erased a lot of knowledge of entrepreneurship. And people forget that, you know, Africa was the, the apex of entrepreneurship. People would sail around the world to come to the continent the continent of Africa to do trade and services. And unfortunately, one of the trades was slave trade, but there was a lot of other services and products before the slave trade. And um, so we need to make sure that we um, tap into those things and make sure that we actually get um, success in, in, in those areas. And so when we talk about, do we have the, the, the education? Do we have the opportunity to become entrepreneurship and change our situation? I think we need to establish institutions that help us to bring all of that, that historical knowledge to the forefront and help us to understand that we can grow our our businesses and that we can employ our people. And so when we talk about our descendants of the enslaved Africans in the United States, um, entrepreneurship represents more than just owning a business and pursuing the proverbial American dream. Instead, the ability for black people to participate in local and regional and global markets represent a dream deferred by systemic racism and discrimination. And we need to break that hold because our survival is, is getting money into our communities that will last um, throughout many generations, not just the here and now. We must be able to look into the future and collaborate and build and grow. And in doing this, everyone will be better off. The exchange is a win-win for everyone. Um, there is a statement that people say all the time that somebody is making money. Many somebodies, even in some cases, they say the government is making money off of poverty. Well, when they say that, some people get offended. Well, everybody think Black people are poor. I would say that not that all black people are poor, it's just that we have a hard time getting to the future in a sustainable way. And if we have a hard time getting to the future in a sustainable way, then that means somebody is working against us getting to the future so that we can become generationally wealthy. And entrepreneurship with the right mindset, we possibly, with some help, collective help, can break those barriers and move into the future, securing our legacy, securing our children's legacy, and be here for 500, 5,000 years, however long that we can make our efforts work and grow for our children and our children to come. So we're gonna talk about all of those elements. We're gonna make sure that we plant a seed and we're gonna go and look at 
models that are in place now, you know, um, and find out, do they actually work for us? You know, there's a lot of agencies, a lot of grant money, a lot of people saying that, you know, they're there to help entrepreneurs, but it seems like the entrepreneur community is quite quiet here. Um, it seems like um, the agencies um, talk about money um, going to these businesses, but there's no real uh, improvement and there's no real way to measure because black people still have the highest numbers in unemployment. And a lot of times they will tout, oh, well, um, they don't know how to do business. Um, they don't know how to follow through. Uh, well, usually that's what all these training programs are supposed to do. Um, these training programs that billions of dollars they, they are receiving to build the capacity of the entrepreneurship, be that they're black or otherwise. So if they don't know how to do business or they are not being successful in business, why, why, are, why are these agencies continue to get this money, this big amount of money? And, and where is all that money going? is a question when they say that, because right now we're global and we're still in the same situation in terms of, can we employ our own community? And believe it or not, education and entrepreneurship goes hand in hand. Uh, I think, you know, not I think, I know, and research shows it that you have a better chance of having successful entrepreneurs when the education system is really good. And that means that every level of our community is receiving the literacy and the knowledge that they need from their school system and their home life. And with that combination, we can actually promote the genesis of entrepreneurship from home to school. But what we have also seen and experienced for whatever reason, um, and there are invisible puppets in place that the home in a lot of cases have a different value system that will not nurture entrepreneurship, but it definitely supports consumership. And what we have noticed and documented historically to today, still going on, is a failed education system when it comes to educating black children. So those two entities tend not to work together to promote entrepreneurship in a dominant way for the Black community. And then we notice that lack of resources, right? 
that's what poverty is about. Poverty is about um, lack of resources, um, not being able to obtain the things that you need, have a different value system that does not promote independence. And, and we also notice that the home can be kind of um, not all put together with the overwhelming incarceration to one, one parent or even sometimes two parents. Um, so all of these things keep other things going on in a child's or in a, in a family's mind other than being self-sufficient. And so we have a lot of work to do. Um, we have a lot of things going on in our families that as a community, we need to come together and change that. And then we are not having the same vernacular of speaking um, the right language that will promote entrepreneurship. Do we know about entrepreneurship? Do we know that we have to stop being consumers and be creators? Do they know that instead of wanting every pair of shoes in the store, that we need to be selling the shoes instead of wearing the shoes? Um, do we know that um, we could become millionaires if we decided to become creators of product and services and understand how that process work. So there are things that we need to teach each other and there are things we need to help each other do in order to achieve that complete uh, sustainability lifestyle. And so we're gonna talk about those things and what's out in our community, how we can get people to come together and talk about this and focus on how we can bring funding back into our community that we develop, that we cre create. Um, we have many examples throughout history, many examples. When I mentioned Madam C.J. Walker, you know, it is documented as the first African-American entrepreneur and the first female self-made millionaire in America. She died in 1919, but the first big boom in Black-owned businesses is actually cited as taking place in the 1980s, which makes us wonder what does the history of Black entrepreneurship look like? Let's take a look at that last hundred years of Black-owned businesses, you know, because at one time, no one done it better than we, Black people, um, in terms of entrepreneurship, having a product that um, helped us with our lives to feel better, look better, be better. And, you know, Madam C.J. Walker, she was one of those people that made it look like you can do this and she did it. In the 1980s, you know, we gotta take a look at what happened that we no longer could connect the dots to entrepreneurship for so long. Um, you know, um, our, our issue continued to be 
um, that there is a nation of 5.7 um, million employer businesses, um, meaning that entrepreneurship, when we say that, have more than one employee. It could be one, it could be two, or it can be, you know, thousands. But the idea, entrepreneurship, meaning to generate jobs for yourself and others, you know, um, if you're not generating a job for other people, then you're not necessarily into entrepreneurship. You're into your own self-business. So we have to really realize that entrepreneurship is about generating jobs and having multiple employees. And you have a lot of firms out there that um, are doing that. Um, and so we um, have to realize that um, this is where we need to go to hire our own people. We, we are not able to be sustainable um, unless we, you know, unless we do that because we're having the worst luck of getting finances, living a lifestyle that we need to live on a consistency because we're going to other people to get employment and they are not exactly paying us for what we're worth. And with, with that situation happening on a regular basis, um, you find us struggling in society while everybody else is, is being built up around us. So it's definitely something that we gotta take a look at. And just a little bit of stats here. Black-owned businesses are much more likely to be sold as proprietorships. According to 2012 SBO, Small Business Organization, 4.2% of Black-owned businesses had employees compared to 20.6% of white-owned businesses. Black adults are much more likely to be unemployed and black businesses are much more likely to hire black workers. Listen to that. 4.2% of black owned businesses had employees compared to 20.6% of white owned businesses. Black adults are much more likely to be unemployed and black businesses are much more likely to hire black workers. Let that sink in. This shortage of black businesses throttles employment and the development of black communities. Furthermore, the underrepresentation of black businesses is costing the US economy millions of jobs and billions of dollars in unrealized revenue. I'm going to repeat that. Furthermore, the underrepresentation of Black businesses is costing the U.S. economy millions of jobs and billions of dollars in unrealized revenues. Keep that in mind. That came out of the research of Brookings, New York, article December the 31st, 2020 by Andre Perry, Senior Fellow 
Metropolitan Policy Program and Carl Romer, Research Assistant, Metropolitan Policy Program. These things are by design, but they help no one. It helps no one. And fueling Black businesses' growth is broader than just providing capital. It will require leaders and financial institutions, philanthropic government, corporations, and investors to align and collaborate towards a clear set of goals that address systemic barriers. From supportive policy to representative leadership, it is critical that we work together to build the economy that reflects America promise by Tunisia Boyer, Robinson president and CEO of CAP E2. So this person is sitting in the boardrooms and she noticed that this, the collective efforts all need to come together in order to manifest more Black entrepreneurships, simply because it is the right thing to do and it would help every U.S. citizen for this to, to happen. So we have to explore this, this phenomena of systemic racism. Why is this not happening uh, in the Black community? Why is it so difficult for Black people to grow businesses? And why is it that the businesses that they have grown in the past have disappeared? And so to flip it, we must, we must create a foolproof plan to grow businesses so Black community can be employed and break the legacy of being the first and always the highest number of being unemployable or cannot find a job or underpaid or paid um, such low wages while their counterpart is in the same job and receiving more pay. How we impact that by hiring our own people and paying them living wages and creating enough jobs so that we can do that. Um, we are not experiencing a upward trend. So uh, we have to consider that if there's no upward trend in entrepreneurship, then there must be an upward trend of unemployment for our community. And we can't go into the future being satisfied with that um, situation. So we must change it. So we have yet to experience an economy that is inclusive. We can't predict what would happen if the the drag of racism was removed from various markets. But if black businesses posted similar numbers to non-black businesses, the country would realize significant economic growth. 
we assume an expansion in the size of the economy such that no gains in black business revenue or size come at the expense of non-black non businesses. So we know, we do know that, we do know that if we have an opportunity, a fair opportunity that actually given us the same amount of resources, we could improve the economy um, undoubtedly. So, um, and so we know that we are not sitting in those structural power places. We know that. And so we are not, we are not able to make those decisions. Um, and so we would need other people, collaborative people, people to understand that this racism and this systemic um, discrimination should go away so that America can be more prosperous and could generate more jobs and people could um, be successful in, in their personal lives as well as their per professional without the systemic racism. There are 124,000 black businesses accounting for 2.2% of employer business, businesses. If black businesses accounted for 14.2% employer firms, <clears throat> excuse me, firms equivalent to the black population, there would be 806, 218 more black businesses. So we know that we could um, do our part in growing America if they had policies that was inclusive and that was fair across the board. So these things are by design. How do we force these um, improved situations so that black businesses could flourish and that we could hire more black people so that we can address the unemployment and the poverty that is systemic in our community. We will explore some answers. You know, and, 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 and that question, what if black businesses reach parity with non-black businesses? Um, the fear of that, you know, um, so if we talk about currently black businesses bring in an average revenue of 1 billion 31 million compared to 6 billion for non-black businesses. If black businesses increase their average revenue to the level of non-black businesses, it would increase the total revenue on black businesses of 676 billion. The idea that the systemic racism hurts everyone by keeping that money out of the economy. Again, how do we change policy to make sure that every citizen live up to their expectations of contributing to society? It, it's almost like somebody or the powers that be is saying that we're not going to let these groups of people in. And 
what they have done in the past, they have come along and damaged everything, taken and killed and pillaged and burned. So now as Black people, we have to start over with pretty much no memory of our greatness, of our entrepreneurship skills. And so we have to rebuild and we have to rebuild in a significant way um, and we have to do it quickly. Uh, so if we think about number and size, if the number of black businesses match the population size and the revenue of each of those firms marked non-black businesses revenue, then uh, the total revenue of black businesses would increase by $5.9 trillion. Did you hear me? $5.9 trillion. Wow. You know, so who said that we have to um, let this money just just stay invisible? Who said that um, the investment in black businesses would not benefit the United States? Uh, Someone is not um, helping black people in the way that they need to be able to help them so that they can become independent and contribute to the American government. So it's always been about, hey, they want a free handout. No, history shows that not only did black people build everything here, they also was the best at uh, entrepreneurship and we will discuss all of those cities and some we don't know yet. And history is still uncovering the fact that black people, you know, built these wall streets, built these communities who said they didn't want black people to be in, in business, in entrepreneurship, in government, in policymaking, the right black people, I should say that knew that our potential was to make everything great and better if there is an opportunity to be had. So who throws away 5.9 trillion? What is the reason for that? That 5.9 trillion, if the number of black businesses match the population size and the employees per firm, match non-Black businesses, it would create more than 19 million jobs, 19 million jobs. That means that we could have a true unemployment rate below 3%. Now, um, we don't even know our unemployment, but we have statistically known that it's always much higher than what is officially reported because most Black people know at least a relative or relatives or friend or cousins. So we know that our unemployment rate is much higher than what they report. And we do not even know if we're in that number. So that's how um, vague everything is in our community. So with us coming into the arena, being an equal player or playing to win in entrepreneurship could change our outcome, unemployment significantly 
to the number of 19 million jobs. And so again, we have questions, right? Why is this allowed? And how come it's such a fear factor for us to be in that arena with the right type of resources generating jobs for the Black community? Every person in the United States benefit from this policy change, this um, uh, exclusive uh, policy or edict that have existed for over a hundred years to keep black people from being successful in the entrepreneurship field. We have questions as to why does that still exist? We need to make sure that we understand that our legacy is really based on becoming independent so that we can contribute to the economy in a real way. And that according to our history, we have the potential to do it better than anyone. And we have, because we have record of being the first ones to exchange um, goods and services for, at the time, cash or other um, products for our service. We understand e-commerce now. We understand commerce as a general of the beginning of exchanging services, goods and services. So why is it that we are not um, competitors in the entrepreneurship industry? There's no reason, absolutely no reason, except we do not get the resources and the training to do so. Uh, and when I say we do not get the resources and training to do so, that means someone is withholding the resources and the training and even the knowledge of knowing what's out there and what should we should be involved in, in terms of uplifting our legacy, our community. So we're going to look at all of those things and, and, and we're going to look back over a hundred years, but we're also going to look at the last 10 years in terms of who have gotten the leg up, who have gotten the resources to do this over the black community because we are ready, we need the same help as any other group, but yet and still, it looks so um, unsustainable and scattered when you look at the resources Black people have received. We don't necessarily see the numbers growing. Uh, we can name all the other groups of people, businesses that have received a lot of funding, you know, um, they have businesses in the Black community. So it's obvious who's getting the funding. It is obvious that um, their policies of um, groups who are in line, it switched from uh, uh, groups to gender. And so we know 
what gender gets all the money to a point that their spouse have put their names on as business owners uh, to receive uh, certain uh, grants that identify, you know, affirmative action, identify um, disadvantaged groups. And we also see where the policies have skipped around to identify Black businesses of needing resources because it's more focused on different types of group, but it's always non-Black groups that is in favor of getting money, whether it's through the um, uh, skin tone or ethnic background, as long as it's non-Black. So we're going to explore that because we have questions, you know, we, we have questions about um, why Black people, Black Americans are not getting that money uh, since they were the ones who um, built the country for free, free labor, and that they also was the the originators of the civil rights that allow these um, non-Black groups to get this money. So maybe this will be a history lesson for everyone and that they can see that they skipped the Black people in line and that they should have waited until um, policies was created uh, to help the Black people who built America for free. So we're going to look at a whole lot of things um, in this series to um, try our best to figure out what is going on and, 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 and have some solutions as to what we need to do next because um, the world as we live in it is, is global. And, it's, and everyone, every group, needs an economy to take them into the future. And if the Black population is 14.2% and we only have 2.2% of um, entrepreneurs, we are so far behind. We're so far behind. And so we're going to also talk about solutions. What can we do? One of the biggest things we can do is collective economy. We need to build businesses that we spend money in all the time. And we need to keep that money in our community. And we need to teach entrepreneurship. And we need to patronize our uh, shops and our businesses and the businesses that are um, there to give us good service and give us, you know, a comfortable price. And so we can circulate that money in our community and build more business from that aspect. So we kind of know what we need to do. And we also know that entrepreneurship is going to be our way to sustain sustainability. And but it's going to take a collective effort and it's going to take some policy changes because um, I think the story has always been told. I came here as a refugee and look at me now. Yeah, 
Well, look at them now. Those are tax dollars. And that continues to be the theme. And so we built a country for people to come to and all the benefits that the black Americans fought for cannot just be for them. It has to be for black Americans first. So entrepreneurship highlights that um, when you're driving down the street and you see all of these shops, beautiful shops, proud of those shops, um, glad that they have the customers that they need to take care of their families. Well, we too need to take care of our families and we need customers and we need resources and we need money. So, um, and we see that model that at one time entrepreneurship was our models. We have tons of cities to, to reflect that in the past. And I think it's time for that situation to be inclusive and that there needs to be people that get in line in the right space, getting in line. And they need to follow the queue and wait their turn for the black community has been looked over so many times. And a message to the black community, you need to train yourself, you need to study, you need to get ready. Um, to build businesses because you can't come into that space not ready. So you need to study. And we're going to talk about that. What do we need to study for? How do we need to look at businesses? How do we look at money? How do we look at investments? Um, what is it that um, builds a successful business? How long do we need to be in business in order to start to see a profit? You know, who do we need to collaborate with and where do we get the money from? How do we get that money like um, other immigrants get? How do we get that money that maybe white females only get? How do we qualify for that money? Do we need to have policy change? You know, all of these things are important to our survival. Um, how do we um, change our outcome in such a positive way? Um, you know, um, we are underrepresented in the Black business um, community. Um, what businesses do we need? What do we need? You know, when I ask other females and other males, um, you know, the exchange of the dollar comes when you have a product that everyone needs and uh, the staples, right? Um, a lot of black females, I said earlier, hair products, skin products, you know, beauty products. Well, we need to figure out how we set up a system that allows us to sell um, hair products, skin products, you know, beauty products, because we're beautiful people and we like to look beautiful. And that exchange is out there and it can improve our community. Um, 
you know, stable items, you know, food, rice, you know, different things of of that beings, um, meats. Where are all the shops that we need to be? Um, There is no black grocery store. That's, That's unique, a real grocery store, not a corner store. We're talking about a real full service black grocery store to have fresh vegetables that can support um, a vegan, a, 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 a vegan diet that can support a vegetarian diet or a protein diet. We don't have those types of stores. Why not? We eat every day. So, um, you know, healthy choices, fresh foods, you know, why we do not have those things. That's all entrepreneurship. One grocery store could give almost, depending on the size, anywhere from 25 to 50 employees, you know, one grocery store. So um, the things that we use every day, people are having babies every day, where's the baby store, you know? Um, different things of those nature, you know? Um, while we don't own a car dealership because we love our cars, you know, why, why we don't have um, garages that people can come and work on their cars or mechanic service, these things that it's, it's not um, okay that we don't have them and that we have to go to so many other places to get service that takes the money out of our community. Um, we like to dine out. We we are seeing more um, uh, restaurants, but we're not seeing a lot of restaurants starting from within. So um, we do like to eat. We do like to dine out. But do we like to own these places and create jobs? That's what we have to ask ourselves. That's what we have to retrain ourselves. Do we want to have businesses that create jobs for our community. And we have to realize that a lot of these entrepreneurships, they create jobs for their family and friends. So there's no room for black people to get into that space. So do we want to create jobs for our families? Do we want to create jobs for our friends? Do we want to have a healthy, healthy community? Because when we get those types of things, we got to have that money, that resources, we can create schools, we can create um, political platforms, we can really elevate ourselves to be self-sufficient. And as long as we do not take entrepreneurship seriously, we're always going to be sitting across from someone who has the ability to take our dignity away. And we walk out time and time again with no job, no hope. And we have to sell ourselves and be non-original to our true spirit. Because of these types of situations, they see us as and these situations they put us in. So if we want to make it better for our future, our children, we need to be into entrepreneurship.
We need to be able to work for ourselves and create good growing jobs for our people because no one else is doing it. It is utterly embarrassing to have to interview for people who care nothing about you. You're just another application. And when you get up and you walk out, there's nobody that knows you, that cares about you, that even thinks about you in terms of that person to have something that we need to nurture and grow. And they just go through the interview process for formality to say, oh yeah, well, we had some black applicants. Oh yeah, well, yeah, well, I did. I did my part. I, I let some black applicants come in here and interview with no intentions of understanding that the black community always experienced the highest unemployment rate, the highest unemployment rate. And because of their behavior, because of their policies of exclusion. So the only way we can combat that is to get into entrepreneurship and do it seriously. Because if you have children, your child gonna have to sit across the table and hope that somebody give them a job as well as they may experience underpayment. And as they have recorded, the economy is missing $5.9 trillion because of the racism and the systemic um, discrimination that goes on when it comes to hiring employees of people who are Black Americans or people who are in the capacity that can run a business, never get the funding that he or she needs. So we have to work collaboratively to change that and to ensure that we can, you know, come together, build these businesses, make these businesses viable and professional so that we can hire more of Black Americans and people who have skills to do an excellent job for the community on a global scale. So I would like to challenge everyone to listen to my podcasts and come in with solutions and let's make a real change in Tampa, Florida or a surrounding cities or statewide, if you send it to your friends, but we have to change this outcome that we are not good business people because we are extraordinary when it comes to pushing a product, pushing services. We need to be able to hire our people. We need to be able to treat our people with dignity and give them good paying jobs, living wages, so that when we build these businesses, we can replicate these businesses. And so um, look forward to giving you some more information, bringing on some companies that are in the Bay Area who are successful and bringing people in to talk about you know, um, entrepreneurship and what they have seen in the community and what works. Uh, for the community and what works for Black Americans. And 
where can we get some uh, services or investments to help us elevate into entrepreneurship? So thank you.